Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another, the final of 2023 Total Italian Football Podcast. We've got a full house. We're here to talk about match day 18, having had match day 17 off. And I'm starting to think that we should have done that the other way around because match day 18 was not all that exciting. I'm here, Connor Clancy. I've got you and Burns with me. Good morning, Burnsy. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. My voice is still waking up, but your voice is still asleep. It is, yes. You have to bear with me. About 20 minutes in, I reckon I'll wake up. Right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Do you have your coffee to hand? I do have my coffee to hand. Excellent. In, in a nice mug as well. That is a very a nice themed mug. mug. It's Chow from the 1990 World Cup. It is. It's great. Brilliant. We've got Vito who's giving it the seal of approval. It's an odd time for you to record, Vito. It's like mid-afternoon for you, which never happens. But hello. Welcome. How are you? Hello, Connor. I'm good, actually. And yeah, believe it or not, um, yeah, as we're recording, it's actually um, seven in the evening now. So a very ideal time for me. So needless to say, I'm a bit more energetic than what I usually be on other episodes. I'm not intending to insult you, but I can see that you've got more energy today than usual, Vito. Yes, very convenient that I've been awake for more than a few hours. Yeah, absolutely. You've had your full dose of caffeine for the day, I'm sure. And we've also got Kev Pogzelski here with us, who's dressed in a lovely dressing gown, which is more clothing than I expected him to have. And I'm pleased that he has that clothes on. Hi, Kev. Hello. I'm just pleased Vito's bringing some energy because I <laughs> I endure more than enjoy this time of year. And uh, I thought you were about to say this podcast. I've had a virus for a couple of weeks as well, so I'm down a bit. Yeah, I've been in and out of bed, it's been crazy. It's like just keeps coming and going, like been horrible. It's gone around the entire office, and I've got it luckily just as I'm about to go on holiday. It's gone, I think. So, yeah. oh, yeah, I forgot that you're not usually around at this time of year. No. But you're where are you usually, going again? I can't remember. We, we're going to the Dominican this year, which isn't our oh, usual shit. backpacking trip. We usually try and get away for, from Christmas as much as for Christmas. But yes, I'll be going away shortly. I thought you went there last year. We backpacked Mauritius for four weeks last Mauritius, year. Mauritius, that was it. A lovely time all around. I will just apologise at the very, very top of the podcast to anybody listening because the audio quality is not going to be quite as good as it usually is and that is my fault but i'm sorry what more can i say anyway quick bit of housekeeping if you are listening to this in any place other than the spotify feed total italian football be sure to go and start listening to this under the spotify feed total italian football because it's the only place where we can guarantee that this podcast will be published after every single Serie A match day other than the patreon feed of course um we've had a few questions about where the pod is and that is because people are not listening under the name total italian football you need to do that to guarantee you will hear every single episode so let's get on with the weekend's action it wasn't the best i think it's fair to say we had 10 games of course and in those 10 games we had 10 clean sheets kept and let's be honest as much as we can appreciate good defending, nobody wants 10 clean sheets in a match day of 10 matches. Two of those games were nil-nil, but let's go through all the results. Napoli-Monza was nil-nil in Naples. Fiorentina beat Torino 1-0. Genoa-Inter was a thriller. Both teams scored. It finished 1-1. Lazio-Frosinone was 3-1. 
After another one, Lecce nil. Udinese three, Bologna nil. A result that nobody wanted, but we'll get into that. Cagliari nil nil with Empoli. Verona nil, Salernitana one. Milan one, Sassuolo nil, and Juventus one, Roma nil. That very much feels like I'm reading a Serie A scoreline or set of results from the 1990s, but it's not. We're here. We're going to have to start with Juventus Roma and Bernsey. This was a big, big win for Juve, considering what happened with Inter the night before. Yeah, it was big and probably, I suspect a lot of people had they had to do predictions for this game would have got a prediction spot on because it's Juve. And <laughs> I, was, I was writing this last night. I, I believe that's the sixth one nil of the season for them in, in the league. And I think it was the ninth game they've won by a single goal. Um, it's not news that that's what they do. But they've done it again. And what's funny is they've done it to a Roma team that have kind of got that in them as well. Um, Juve are just better at it. And to me, the first half, actually, even though nobody scored, I I don't think either team could be accused of sitting back or just trying to stink the place out for that first half. I think there there was genuine attacking play. More so from Juve, they created slightly more clear chances. But it felt like it could, like one goal could potentially kick off quite a good game, quite a mad one. Um, a couple of years ago, they had there was like a four three in this in this fixture, wasn't there? Um, you know, they, it it can happen um, under the same coaches. But Juve got the goal, and then you know what that means. Roma kind of that the goal seemed to knock the stuff out. There wasn't really a reaction to that goal. Um, and what was disappointing was that we always talk about. Rather being overly reliant on Dybala, this was a situation where he was playing. He was back from injury in time for the game he'd want to be back for, and he didn't really have an impact. It, it was quite quite a rare thing because he, he's not always there and available. But when he is, he tends to have an impact, and he nothing would quite stick for him in that game. It was quite frustrating for certain people. Yeah, he was quiet. Um, quite frustrating for you is what you mean by that. But he did almost nearly produce a moment of absolute magic with that ball that fell his way in the box. And it was a bit crowded. And he just did a little outside of the foot, improvised effort that went just wide. And I was watching the game with my dad and he said he's the only player on the pitch that could even think to do that kind of shot in that position. But Juventus got the win, Vito, and it puts them now two points behind Inter, who are top of the table, because Inter dropped points away at Genoa obviously, the night before. Um, we have a title race. We have like a proper old-fashioned two-horse title race, and the two horses are Juventus and Inter. There's something quite nostalgically pleasing about that. Well, they are the... Well, although they are three big teams in Italy, the, those two in particular seem to be the original rivals, if you like, after all, the Derby d'Italia um is named after those two because you know for many decades they were seen as the big boys until Milan, you know, in the second half of the last century, and more so when Berlusconi came in the eighties, really made the Milan a much more powerful side. But these two, you know, they've historically been at it for many years, been involved in many other total challenges, and yeah, you talk about nostalgia, it does give that vibe because there've been so many. Um, great battles over the years and so many great champions that have played for these teams. So I think this time, yeah, 
I think this time, yeah, we're going to see another battle between those two. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it all pans out, especially once the new year starts and also how Inter can handle things, you know, considering that they've got Champions League fixtures coming up. That is an extra little point of interest to throw in there. And you're right to mention it. Juventus don't have Europe to focus on. And, and if Inter are to go far this year, that will surely become an extra distraction for them. So I'm having a lovely time with the title race this season, even if it's even if it's Juventus and a lot of people are very critical of them, there is something to admire about the fact that Allegri just keeps getting those 1-0 wins for them. And someone in particular that deserves credit, Kev, I'd say, is Adrian Rabiot. He got the winner here. I think there's a stat about him being the highest-scoring midfielder in Serie A over the last two seasons or something like that. Um, And he's just become a new player for Juve over the last two years. Yeah, last year, I think a few people put it down to his contract coming to an end uh, and he was sort of you know, showing potential suitors what he could do. Um, he had a sort of a, a career best uh, 11 goals in all competitions and sort of eight goals in Serie A, which when you're a box-to-box to mid- midfielder, you know, the th- think the fact that he, I think he'd only got four in, in a season before that. I think that, that was at PSG feels like wasn't the greatest sort of goal scoring mm-hmm. output from from someone who does sort of cover a lot of ground and seems to be on the ball a lot for, for Juve. It, it was one of those stats that, um, you know, the Juventus socials decided to put out these because he's only scored three times this season, yeah. um, which feels like last year he's doing a lot of legwork to make him the, the highest scoring midfielder. Um, and then you've also got those players that kind of play between the the line of midfield and and striker, if we like. Um, so those attackers that some some people would probably want to qualify as midfielder, but mm. it, it's it, it's still when you look at how young some of the players in the Juventus team are, and you know what they've lost in experience. You know, Chiellini's only retired a couple of weeks ago. I know he went off to LA Galaxy, LA. LA FC actually wasn't it or Galaxy wherever he went yeah. he went to America LAFC. Um, you know everything they've lost there you know he's, he's only 28 years old but he really is sort of one of the one of the elder statesmen in that team now and I think it's their challenge this year is as um, sort of hinged on the fact that he stayed around and that they've got that sort of that longevity he's been there since 2019 and you know he he, he could be one of the sort of vital cogs in any potential total challenge that they have this year or they're having a total challenge but any title they lift this season well it is often said that defense wins titles right and you look at Juventus's backline and you've got Federico Gatti but the two stars of it for me and I feel bad saying this because Mr Katz has been scoring some goals but it's the the Brazilians Gleison Bremer and Danilo Ewan who have just been so so good at the back and I'm inclined to say particularly Danilo. I think a lot of other people are inclined to say particularly Bremer. But just as a unit, those three have been brilliant for Juve this season. Yeah, and I think they've, particularly the two Brazilians, have both kind of overcome a bit of adversity as such. But I think there was a feeling when Danilo left Man City that City don't tend to get rid of players and they go on to be particularly good elsewhere um you know they are good at that and it was kind of thought all right he's not old old but he's probably declining um and he might decline fairly quickly you know but that it's 
if anything, he, he looks better than he ever did at City. Um, and then Bremer obviously was there was a lot of pressure on him because he was part of this massive transfer rat race, mainly with Inter, where I was working on Inter website at the time, and he like it was it was done. Like it, Inter really dropped the ball on that deal. It it, it was a done thing, and Juve managed to get him, and then. During his first season, there were periods of time where he he wasn't that great. He was fine, but he wasn't really he didn't really look like the player that everyone thought he was, um, and what he seemed to be at Torino. But yeah, and then he started getting linked away a little bit, and you know you can believe as, as much of it as you like, but links were happening. Um, but then he's he's been better this season. He's 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 looked like one of the strongest defenders in the league. You know, it's probably top. What, three, four strongest defenders in the league, and you could you could arguably say that three of that four are probably at Juve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and two of them have been in this discussion. Um, so I think both of them have done very well to become as as strong as they are at the back for Juve, and, and obviously Gatti very much helps as well. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but wasn't because I never rated Danilo before he came to Juve, and I, I didn't think he was going to do anything in particular there. But wasn't he a fallback? Yeah, he when he was younger, he was a right back. Yeah, and then um, he's just come in and he, he looks like the most experienced and assured centre defender in Europe at yeah. times. Then <laughs> it, that but, but it also means you can stick him out wide if if needed, mm. um, which hasn't really been needed off the top of my head for you though. But it's always there. It is always there, and it's 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 a lovely option. Kev, you want to say something? No, Danilo just feels like he came through at the time when Brazil were looking for replacements for sort of the Moicon to Danny Alves and mm. just everybody got labelled as sort of a rampage and right back and maybe he was still sort of finding his feet. But I know it's where he played it was Porto, wasn't it? I think he sort of made his breakthrough in Europe. But yeah, he's um, much better in the centre. He is much better in the centre. But the reason that that gap at the top is now two points, Vito, I'm coming to you for this one, you best believe, is because Genoa managed to get a point against a, a team that looked unstoppable in Inter. Marco Arnautovic had given the narrator the lead, but Radu Dragushin, who is in fine form for the Grifoni, levelled up just before halftime, and that was where the scoring stopped. But Genoa, we have to say it, Genoa are a team that no team wants to play this season, Vito. Especially the big boys. In the recent games, Genoa have shown that they've actually been a competitive side against the likes of Juve and Inter and a few other teams where they've actually done well. I think they um, they smashed Roma early in the season mm. as well. So uh, Alberto Giladino, who I wrote about in my three takeaways for TotalIfeAndItalianFootball.com, I think after what has been a pretty rough start to his coaching career in the lower divisions and then the general Primavera, he seems to be finding his feet as a senior coach. And despite the stats suggesting that Inter had more shots and more possession, I felt that with what the Grifone had on the ball, I think they were more accurate with their passing. They found each other better and they were pressing high as well. I think what they're missing, though, is a fit striker. Because Retegi's battle with injuries and um, Ekoban, I don't think, is the perfect support cast for Goodmanson. I think Goodmanson and Retegi, at the best, they'll make Genoa climb up the table more. And the one downside was that Malinovsky came off the bench. And I think he's a guy that should start because 
if the likes of Rategi and Goodmanson aren't scoring the goals, you need him to produce one of his long-range beauties to break the deadlock. I think we need to talk about Dragusin a bit, Ewan, don't we? Because he's been excellent there all season. I want to say he's kind of slipped under the radar. He's 21. He's probably been in the top five defenders in, in Italy. If you're, we're going to talk about that number that you mentioned, he's he's probably in that group this season. Yeah, he's been... He just looks like a very solid and assured player for, for 21 years old. He scored twice in Serie A this season as well, which um, you know, as a centre-back in a lower to mid-table side isn't bad going. If you you know, if you sort of maintain that rate, you, you should end up with four. Um, but yeah, he, he, he was Juve's player and he, he went on loan to Jenner and then he's ended up moving for I think it was five and a half million euro apparently, and that, like you know, they they can definitely get a lot more than that for him, like yeah, tomorrow, literally tomorrow. Um, actually, I think Italy's window might open on the second, but yeah, oh, does it really? next week? <laughs> uh, some of them open on the second, but um, I can't remember if Italy's one of them or not. But yeah, I'll rephrase it. Next week Quite they nice. can get a lot more than five and a half million for him. Um, Tottenham are linked. Others will be. I, mean, I think Inter have been as well. I wouldn't be surprised if... Well, I suppose Juve probably wouldn't if they, they've got a settled defence. I don't see why he'd go back there. You and if you are Mr. Radu, what do you do? Do you stay and see out the season of general? Yes, I think you do. I think there's there, there are a few examples that spring to mind of players who you know, have not had a sustained period of being really good at top flight level, moved in January straight away and it's gone well. And a lot of them... You just from Genoa. Yeah, I was about to say the same <laughs> thing, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would I would stay put, but I would expect to, you know, assuming he carries on the way he has been, he would he would be off in the summer, you'd think. Yeah, if I'm coming to you for a complaint, Genoa wore that gold kit at home again, and they keep doing this, and I'm not happy about it. One, because I am opposed to gold kits as a whole, and two, because, well, they shouldn't be wearing it at home. Yeah, I, I noticed this, and the one thing that confused me, because 10 years ago, you know, cast your mind back, Here we go, lads, kids. <laughs> um, they wore a kit to commemorate 100 years, and it was a lovely kit. It was sort of, an, really, it looked like a really old-fashioned material, you know, you know, like 100 years ago. You could only get, I, I actually looked into purchasing this, sorry, Pizza. Um, but it was white. But it was with white with the with the red and blue sort of stripe across it, and um, and it came in a it came in like a tube. You know, it was really dressed up, and they only made I don't know, let's say a thousand of them or whatever. Where are you going? I can't, well, I can't, I can't I can't then work out why. <clears throat> excuse me. If that's to commemorate hundred years, and that was it, they wore white a hundred years ago, not the, the the red and blue that we familiarise ourselves with now. But um, why gold? For 110 years. Um, right. Is it the the griffin? Is that it? Because the griffin is gold in the middle of their crest, isn't it? If you're commemorating... Sorry, I'm breaking up. But commemorating a, a, a centenary or whatever it is, surely you wear the kit that you were wearing back then. That's the whole point of commemorating that centenary. But, Wait, is this gold kit supposed to be a commemorative kit? Well, I can only assume it's 110 years. It's got 130 under the, 
because they've, they've gone back to like okay. the plastic Grafone badge. Well, then, then now I'm confused about the 130. I, I admit to I've only just seen this in highlights in the last like two weeks, <laughs> but I'm just completely confused. You know, it's not even the gold that's annoying me at this point. It's just that it, it seems to be like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring out a commemorative kit and we're just gonna mm. go, yeah, fuck it, we'll have that color. The, yeah. the kit you just described sounds like a SAMP kit. Um, yeah, I don't know if in, in the modern day they want to avoid some sort of online <laughs> shitstorm by basically wearing a SAMP kit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, yeah. I had a look at the I had a look at the shirt because I covered the game, and yeah, the thing was gold kit for 130 years because they were formed in 1893, so 130. But the thing was, the anniversary is the 7th of September. So why are you waiting for the end of the year to wear it? That's the odd thing. But they're stupid on that side of Genoa, so it shouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> Kev's just sent a link because I was very much doubting your maths, Kev. But there is an article from February 2013 where they are saying that it was a 100-year special kit. Um, yeah, I know. It was confusing me because I'm like, these numbers don't, just don't stack up and now yeah my brain's fried at the moment as it is but bizarre bizarre Good bizarre as, you know as, as i don't want to i don't want to slam them like Vito did but certainly bizarre goings on on that side of genoa the special kit is nice from back then they were limited to 500 oh, and it was ridiculously them. expensive it was like 250 even back like 10 years ago and i could not part Weird. with that much cash no that's crazy they did a special goalkeeper one which was all red was that pre-classic football shirts? Because if so, it, it's now about three grand, I imagine. No, I think that's when classic football shirts was actually good. And you could buy classic football shirts for cheap. And then, I don't know when in the last five years, it just went mad and has become impossible to afford. I shouldn't really say that, as my friend does work there. But also, well, he's, he's not my friend. I used to use that all the time, and now I hate it as a website. But anyway, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. What is next? What is next? What is next? What is next? Should we talk about the fact that Milan beat Sassuolo 1-0 and Stefano Pioli apparently saved his job with that win, Ewan? Yeah, well, well done to him. What a scintillating win. AC Milan had two <laughs> shots on target. They beat Sassuolo 1-0. Yeah, predictable story, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I suppose the... Well, I was, I was going to say the good thing. The good thing is the three points because they really needed them. Um, clean sheet as well is very welcome. Um, but I think that's Pulisic's sixth league goal of the season, which is not a bad return for um, you know, a winger who's just moved country. Um, he looks like a very decent pickup. Um, supposedly, there was a bit of whistling when... Um, when did did Leal go off? I think it was when he went off, or either or when he did something bad because he had a bit of a rotter. Um, and to be honest, has had a handful of rotters um, this season. Yeah, he did go off. I think it was then. Which you know, I think you're a weirdo if you're whistling a player like Leal, even if he is in a poor patch of form. But it does say something about that they're not very happy with him, even though he's kind of meant to be like the messiah of that team. He's going to leave, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is that the way things are going, he's going to leave for a lot less than he could have left for, you know, financially previous times. Um, you know, he, he was one of the players that could have potentially had someone like Chelsea rocked up. You could have been knocking on 100 million for at least Euro. He goes to Saudi Arabia for a season. 
Uh, oh, God, don't say that. That would be that would be really sad, wouldn't it? That'd be the saddest one that's happened, I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there'll be a few one. though that will go there and then use it as not of a sort of stepping stone. And I think leagues will leagues like Syria, you know, financially not struggling but weaker than others, will will want to see that money come in. I think. Well, it's just going to be if if players do use it as a stepping stone, it's going to be used as a stepping stone to go to Newcastle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that, that was what seems like it was going to happen with uh, Ruben Nevers mm. in January. Supposedly, that's not going to happen, but it got much closer than it really should because um, that's weird and wrong. Yeah, I think the, the Nevers one was that he just didn't want to move to Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> which, um, having been in Edinburgh recently, which is not a million miles away, but bloody cold, I don't blame him. Mm. Uh, even even sat here in Liverpool. Um, but I think the the issue I've been I've saw knocking about with Newcastle and Chelsea is the you know the financial fair play because they're now in Europe and you uh, let's say Newcastle haven't yet increase their revenues like Manchester City have to be mm. able to uh, you know sign some of these players on the on the valuations that you know the likes of Chelsea will probably be able to still be able, still be able to pay so that probably keeps him out of uh, Newcastle's clutches for a little while they need to get some sponsors that don't exist but uh, pay yes, much, 400 yeah. million pound a month mm. well they can do if they've got no overheads because they've got no staff <laughs> they've got no they've got no headquarters but they made um, their website yesterday you know, that is an issue that will continue to sort of um, grow at pace, I suspect. That's the Chelsea special, isn't it? They're particularly good at that. Mm. Was it um, was it Whale Fin was one yeah. of the companies that they came up with? <laughs> it just suddenly popped up on the sleeve and everyone had a look and they were like, well, that, that's brand new. I'm glad you said that because I was trying to think of the company and all I could think was that it was like sea creature related. Yeah. <laughs> it's whale Fin. got loads of them. That's, that's how they've done it. That, that, that's kind of well, the, when those the Spiegel link uh, leaks came out a few years ago, that's what it was: was that they were getting all of this revenue through a certain door of the club, when actually it was coming directly from the ownership, um, which you can't do. But you know, that's a different league, isn't it? It is a different league, and we've spent too long rambling that I think Milan are going to be the victims to that because we're just going to swift movely on, move swiftly on. <laughs> um, Atalanta beat Lecce 1-0. Adamola Luckman scored again. He tends to score goals when Atalanta really need a goal, and it was another nice one from the edge of the box, Vito. Um, the important thing here was the win because Atalanta, I believe, lost to Lecce recently, and they're very much in that top four race. Now, four points off. Fiorentina in fourth and two behind Bologna in fifth. Atalanta sixth, sit sixth. Yeah, it's a good win for Ladea and it was a well taken goal from Lukman. Uh, Skamaka laid it off to him and it was a nice low shot uh, from the Nigerian winger. And I also felt that Atalanta probably should have scored a couple more in that game too. Soon after that goal, uh, Skamaka scoffed a decent chance after Pasilic made a nice run. So uh, they probably could have added a bit more gloss to the win, but 1-0 uh, was enough in this case. And like you pointed out, it keeps them in with a shot of competing for Champions League football. And if not the Champions League, they're definitely in a good position for Europa League football again. It does feel like absolutely none of the teams in the chase for Europe are in any way consistent, you know? No. Um, I really like 
this iteration of Adam Adler Lookman because you know when people talk about a player finding their level. Yeah. So it feels exactly like I, I could imagine him just being at Atlanta for a very long time now. Because obviously he, he had a bit of a he's had a bit of a weird career where he's moved around quite a lot. He was he was viewed as quite a big thing in England. Um and it didn't happen. And I think he went off to Leipzig and stuff and he, he rocked up back at Fulham and didn't really do anything. And he, he missed a really stupid penalty at one point that kind of damaged his reputation more than it should. But what did he do? It was like it was like the last minute to to equalise, I think it was. Um, against West Ham, and he tried to put anchor and completely fluffed it up. It was a, like the last oh, kick of the game. It was, it was, it was, it was criminal to be honest. Um, but then he's gone to Atlanta, and he, he, you know, he's, he's not. It's not like he's absolutely incredible or anything like that. But he he scores very regularly, and he's clearly a deeply, deeply important player to that team. Um, one of the most important players, you'd say now. And he just looks like he's enjoying it. It just, it feels quite nice. He does. I'm going to be a little bit negative here because I, I think Adam Luckman seems a lot better when you don't watch him every week. It's yeah, that, that's, that's, that's partly what I mean in the sense that he's he's not. I'm not. I'm not at all saying that bigger clubs should be looking to get mm. him from Atalanta or anything like that. It it just seems that's his that's his level now, and he's doing a, a solid job of it. Yeah, take the point. Take the point. His decision making still leaves a lot to be desired, but. He's getting goals, and he, he is quite likable when he's on it. He's he's very good to watch. But Atalanta are not in the top four because Fiorentina are fourth. Kev, they beat Torino in that weird friendly match. Um, Luca Ranieri scored the game's only goal in the 83rd minute, and this was just one of those games that there, there wasn't all that much of note to talk about in. Did you did you watch this? Is that, that why it's called a friendly match? Was it that bad? Um, no, because they've got the they've got that friendship, don't they? Fiorentina Torino. Oh, okay. They just all just because... love each other. Well, I was I was sitting sitting there looking at the table and thinking, <laughs> assuming that you know I might be uh, enjoying Champions League football again with my club next season, that whether Fiorentina would be quite a nice destination to go to for a sort of a, a, a bit of a change, and I think it's good for leagues to have that. So I suppose that's the only that's the only positive of a poor sort of display between the two sides that Fiorentina sort of disrupting what was, you know, looking like staying the same for a couple of years. You know, I think we expected Napoli to fall off the top, but not outside the top four. But yeah, not a lot to say about trips to Fiorentina other than they're, they're very nice. And this look just at, seems like a nothing game. Look at you, turning on Bologna already. They're at the top four a day. You've already turned on them and you're supporting Fiorentina now. Well, anybody that gets pumped 3-0 by Udinese, I'm sorry. Um, you know, and actually, I thought I was only on here to talk about Mark Arnautovic. So, anybody who lets him go as well, wow, deserves to drop out the Champions League. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> We've seen your real agenda. You never wanted to move to Bologna. You just wanted to move closer to Marco. Pathetic, Kev. Absolutely pathetic. What else is there? Who else is there? There's also Lazio Frosinone. Lazio won three one. Lazio scoring three goals really surprised me, Vito. Surprised me too because they have been rather lackluster this season. But uh, the goals you could say didn't really come from the usual suspects. Uh, usually you would see Felipe Anderson and Chiru Immobile involved in the goals, but uh, Anderson was replaced by Gustav Rosiksen in the second half, and he was involved in the first two goals. And then Valentin Castellanos, he 
he started the game and uh, he was involved in some goals too. So those two developed a nice understanding. And after, you know, Soler had um, given Frosinone the lead with the penalty, those two helped turn the game around. And then, yeah, they um, then Patrick, out of all people, managed to steal the win. You kind of summed up part of what the Lazio's problem this season is there. Could you say the goals didn't come from usual sources, but two of them came from forwards. Um, you know, they came from the players that should be chipping in with goals, especially um, Castellanos, because he was brought in as kind of Immobile's rotational option. And there has been periods of the season where Immobile's not been able to play and Castellanos hasn't been scoring. Um, so it would make a massive difference to Lazio if players like Isaks and Castellanos can actually start scoring regularly. I know that Alistair McKenzie, who writes for us, is, is a fan of uh, Isaksen. And the times that I've seen him, he's, he's looked like a very, very lively player who's got ideas. And yes. they perhaps ought to use him a bit more. Yeah, well, right. Alistair has written about Isaksen on the, on the website, so I would encourage anyone to go over and total-italianfootball.com and find the Isaksen piece. It shouldn't be too difficult to find. Go into the Champions League section or the Lazio section or just type his name in the little search bar and you'll, you'll find it. But we should move on shouldn't we because we need to talk about the fact that Bologna got beaten three now um I'm personally angered by this Ewan because everyone wants Bologna to get into the Europe Udinese had won once this season yes one win from 17 matches and they've gone and beat Bologna three nil why who permitted them to do this they can't do that oh I was spotted that this was 3-0 with about 20 minutes to go. I thought, well, this is going to be some doing for Udinese to clinch their 12th draw of the season, which is what I still assumed would happen. <laughs> um, and to be fair, they didn't. But like, genuinely, right to the end, it was like, surely Bologna are going to come back into this because Udinese simply cannot hold on to a lead. Um, but, you know, maybe this is the launch pad for, for Udinese to... to Climb up the table and get a Europa Conference League place. Would you they won't do that. They will go on a run <laughs> that has them sitting 14th and they'll be clear enough for relegation that they'll switch yeah. off in March. They'll cash and, it in at the end of the year. Yeah. And then they'll stay up having done absolutely nothing and mm. having offended most of the league for most of the season. But Yes. I'm sick of them. I'm so Hearing it on. Yes. <laughs> they do the same thing every fucking year. Last year was the exception because they were good for eight weeks and then they went to shit. But every year they do this. They're useless until they get a little purple patch in the middle of the season that doesn't mean anything. It was upsets other people that everyone likes, like Bologna. And then they stick around for another year and stink the place out again, Kev. The the, the issue with this, if you're a if you're a match traveling fan in Italy or even a you know just a, a ground topper is it's not even a nice place or easy place to get to. No. So you know, because sometimes it say 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 Bologna did this. And oh, he's you know, back on Bologna. Knocked, no, 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 but say they did this, just knocked around, you know, turgid football, you know, uninspiring football. At least you're going to Bologna, mm. you know, where you can you can ignore the 90 minutes of football and go and have yourself a nice meal, a nice walk around, you know, particularly if you're going in sort of April, March sort of time. It's not even a nice place to travel to, which I think probably will infuriate more fans 
particularly those, you know, of the likes of Salernitana and Napoli, if if they're, you know, they're hardcore enough to sort of travel to the ends of the earth to watch Udinese face their side. I will say in, in Udinese defence, will I criticise it first or will I? Yeah, OK. I've heard that the city centre is really nice there, but I've been once and I experienced the worst rain I've ever experienced in my life. And that is said as an Irishman, I've experienced a lot of <laughs> rain. But, oh God, I, I hate it. And the, the thing about Udine is it's four hours from anywhere. It doesn't matter where you start in Italy, you will spend at least four hours getting there. I, I went I went once in 2012 for a Europa League game, flew into Venice. The, 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 the train ride is lovely, you know, nice and mm-hmm. picturesque. And it was dry. It was bloody cold probably up there with the top three coldest i've ever been at a football match but at least sort of it was it was quite appealing sort of sitting in some of the bars and sort of having a pizza after the game and things that was quite nice but you know you don't want to do that too often really once every 10 years is probably enough i think that's more than enough once every 20 and we might be closer to what is ideal is now coughing up a lung it seems and he's turning his camera off Sorry, that really, the timing of all of that was was beautiful. Kev, I hope you're okay. Um, the rest of the games then, you and take your pick. Take my pick of that lot. Wow. So just for the <laughs> listeners, it's Napoli nil, Monza nil, Verona nil, Salernitana one, Cagliari nil, Empoli nil, or... I think that's it. That's it. Um, I'll take Napoli. Okay, well, um... Vito wanted it and you've stolen it off. <laughs> <laughs> it is the obvious choice. Don't worry, you can have calorie nil empoli now. <laughs> <laughs> I got asked first. <laughs> um uh Ben Dixon covered this one for us and I can't swear on this one, can I? But um I just got a message yeah, from him when he I've finished. Gone off uh, on one on who I so feel free. All right, uh, I just got a message that said Nate Napoli are absolutely fucked, is what he <laughs> said. Um and I'm inclined to agree. I mean, to be honest, when I got that message, I didn't know what the score was, and I thought, oh, they've they've lost at home to Monza. So when I saw nil nil, I was a bit like, oh, it's not the worst in the world. But I think the sentiment still stands. They there is no improvement there really under Mazzari. Which, let's be honest, I don't think it makes us retrospective geniuses to say what a shock. Um, it was an odd appointment, and I think they're gonna. I wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be at all shocking if they had. A third manager by the end of the season. What they really need is Victor Osman going off to the African Cup of Nations. <laughs> <laughs> like I, don't, a month. I don't mean that in a way of like imminent sacking from Atsari or anything like that, but I just think it, there's little sign that this is going to change over the course of a couple of months, and it wouldn't be surprising if it gets to March and they are maybe eight points away from the top four or something, and need to get somebody else in to try and rally into the top four at the end of the season. Matteo Pessina missed the penalty and then apologised for missing the penalty on his social media channels, and I don't think I like that. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it happens. It's a thing that happens. Also, you're at Monza. Like, it's it's not like the whole world's on your back. For that. Right, in his defence, <laughs> that is where he's from, so he might feel... Yeah, like I mean, that should buy him more sort of credit yeah. in the bank, shouldn't it? I don't know. Silly, silly behaviour, Matteo. Just score it next time. Um, and then you won't have to do that. What? Sorry, that was absolutely not helpful in any way. The you just thought of that, yeah. Just <laughs> it all be different. Um, Kev wants to talk about Verona, Vito. I don't know how serious he's be. being, but I'm gonna make him suffer through that. So, Vito, that means you have Cagliari nil, Empoli nil. 
Uh, well, another uneventful game, and <laughs> what a week this was. Why are we even? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, since I've been covering Serie B, Serie B has been more exciting. You know, the Serie A is meant to be the top division in Italy, and we get served up with crap like this. Well, this might be a Serie B game next year. about Serie B? Forget the rest of it. Yeah, really? Yeah, Sweet. go for it. Well, well <laughs> I did the write-up a few days ago, so more than fair, but there were two rounds played in the space of a few days, and, yeah, well, Parma are six points clear of Venezia. Venezia have slipped up, and... Palma are going nicely, but Palermo, they've really turned on the soul. Last four games they've played, they've managed to get two wins and two draws. The two wins they've ended 3-2, including the last round where they bet Cremonese. And then there were two games they drew 3 all. One was against Parma in Parma, and the other one was against Cesc Fabregas' Como. So um, there was most of the draw. But there were quite a few other games in the last two or three rounds that just ended 3-2. I mean... We see so many 3-2s in the Cadetti, but in Serie A, you don't get these thrillers, these dramas, these changing leads. You know, I mean, you know, all the haters of Serie A say Serie A is boring, but hey, at least Serie B is exciting. Second-tier football is superior in every country. I'm convinced of it. Heaven. Verona nil. said anything I won. Um, yeah. So, bottom of the table clash. Um... Verona lost, so they're getting sucked back down, which I think is where um, most people of moral fibre would want their fans uh, to watch be. Them, watch them finish the season in the relegation zone, but a silly rule change, keep them up. And then have a playoff against Salernitana. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's all that I want to say. I can't say I watched any of this. Uh, Thank sorry, you. Sorry, listeners. I think this is the result that you want, though, isn't it? The the team that are bottom and at risk of being cut adrift getting the win. Yeah, you, and you can you take want. that. You want to speak? Well, I'm not taking that, but I was just going to say that um, <laughs> the that silly rule that you've alluded to, the longer that Spezia spend almost at the bottom of Serie B, makes that rule look even like there, there must be some serious rage. Mm-hmm. among individuals at that club and connected to that club because you know they they could very feasibly end up going down again and at the same time they probably should be in Serie A right now i don't think you need to put probably in that sentence they were absolutely yeah. robbed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um just, and... just as a reminder to anybody listening there was a rule change last season which meant that the the traditional um what is the word here the the tiebreaker if two teams finish level on points in Serie A is head to head but they decided there were two positions in the league where they couldn't do that so that was for between first and second and between 17th and 18th Spezia would have stayed up on the head-to-head record over Verona and if they had finished fourth and fifth the head-to-head would have been enough to get one of them Champions League and one of them not get Champions League but you can't do it for 17th to 18th, apparently. So it went to a playoff and, and Spezia were rubbish and lost. Anyway. I'm still annoyed about it. I'm still annoyed about that and I don't even support Spezia. Like, no. imagine how they must feel. <laughs> so ridiculous. But Italy's stupid and Italian football is stupid, but we're going to leave it there. Um, we will be back next week. We've got a full house of things to get through next week. The usual podcast 
the women's football podcast there's the super cup which is on january 7th which is sunday so i'll be out that it's juve roma or roma juve roma juve um going to be a good one we'll have the women's football podcast after that to talk it through and then we'll have the bonus podcast as well so full service resumes next week you and say goodbye bye kevin say goodbye Goodbye, veto insult genoa and say goodbye Mm -hmm. boo genoa that was very soft for you right goodbye everybody you and end the recording sempre qui quanto è bello sto colore che ci invade il cuore siamo i ragazzi di Salerno non ti lasceremo mai dal paradiso all'inferno mai sola resterai